like equal parts energized and exhausted. <laughs> That's great. Oh, good morning. It's so good to see you all. Uh, children, you are dismissed to your class. Let me do that right away. If you are uh, new to us or haven't taken your kids to class, feel free to, to, to join them. Or there, we have some leaders out there that can either help guide them for you or you can go down and see the class. We're happy that you could be with us. Morning, all you out there in TV land. It's good to know you're out there. Um, one quick announcement, and then we will, uh, we will maybe, okay, two, and, and then we're just going to jump into to the word for the day. Um, July 23rd, we have our next Guys for Coffee. Um, so if, if you're a guy, um, and really whether you like coffee or not, you should come. It's really not about the coffee. It's about the, the friendships. It's about uh, we, we, we hang out. We have coffee. We have uh, food. Um, we talk about Jesus. We talk about our lives. Uh, we get to know each other. It's, it's just a great time. Um, so I encourage you to do that. You can, you can sign up and get the times and all that stuff uh, online, ChristianAssembly.com. Um, you can also, at ChristianAssembly.com, if I can talk, uh, it's where you can go to, to give and support the ministry here, um, ChristianAssembly.com slash give. Uh, you can do that. There's, you can um, do the regular credit thing or all those, those ways. They'll, there's instructions there how to do that. Uh, we, we thank you for your, your, your faithfulness, your support of, of this ministry together where we are um, impacting our city and, and loving Jesus. And that's, that's what we're here for. Amen? All right. Well, we're gonna, I'm just going to jump right into to our message. We've been in, in looking at the book of Acts the last number of weeks, and we're going to continue that. I promise I'm going to speed up a little bit. Um, we, are in, we are in week five and chapter two still. So that's should tell you the pace we've been at, but we are going to accelerate that a little bit today um, and, and get moving moving on this. Uh, but there's so much in, in Acts and that, that we can learn about the, the, the birth of the church, about, about what it means to be in church. And last week we looked at the, the message of the gospel, um, how God unleashes a spirit on the church and immediately the church begins to grow because the, the spirit of God, whenever, whenever God reveals himself, it, it, it can't not attract people to himself. And so we, we see with the sending of the Holy Spirit in the day of Pentecost that there's this outpouring, this, this, um, this wondrous event where everybody there is, is um, by the, the Spirit enabled to, to speak in other languages and other people from all over the world hear the gospel and, and Peter gives a message and responds. Um, we, we, we looked at the, the message through Peter's sermon last week. We looked at that message and, and what is the gospel. Um, and we're not gonna, we don't have time to go back through all that. But, but we looked at how the, the gospel is so much more than just, than just uh, one story. Uh, it's, it's alive and it's active. And, and it's uh, a, a part of us if we, if, if, if we allow Jesus to, to, to make that a part of us. We also, uh, at the end of last week, I don't know if you, if you were here, remember, we had a little challenge uh, with involving your keys. Uh, does anybody remember this week to, to pray for, 
for the person that, 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 that kind of the Lord laid on their heart, and, um, uh, I would encourage you to, to, to maybe continue that. Um, because that is, that is the, the, uh, what we are called to do. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit. But this week, uh, I want to continue in the story. Um, and it starts with an amazing description of what life was like in the early church. Um, we see this in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Short verse, um, but excuse me, very important. Very important. This verse is probably the best summary of the life of the early church in all of Scripture. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing in meals. And so I know I said we were going to pick up the pace a little bit, but first we have to slow down and really look at this one verse. Um, this, this term, devoted, it's not a term we use a lot, right, anymore. I mean, we, we pretty much know what it means, but, but we don't say uh, this this a lot and you know maybe if you're if you're really good at marriage you know you hear the term devoted husband um, or devoted wife but other than that we don't and I, I think it's sad because it's a great word I think possibly we don't use it a lot because we don't do it a lot if we're being honest um, being devoted you know we live in helter skelter mile a minute do as much as you can, we are, we are, we, in, in, in the United States, we value width, not depth. And de- devotion is all about depth. Devoted, being devoted is to be continually steadfast. Um, Vines describes it as being strong towards one thing. It means to be used intensely. It's another definition. Um... And my favorite one, to be devoted, another, another word for devoted would be to wait. To wait. Sang about that this morning. We've talked about that. Waiting on God is to be devoted to him. And so it says here that all the believers devoted themselves. They put everything they had into these few things. And he gives us this list. The apostles' teaching. Um, what was the apostles' teaching? It's well, pretty straightforward. It was it was the apostles teaching them about the kingdom of God and about what they had witnessed and learned from Jesus Himself. I I'm very jealous or curious about what are all the other stories that we won't know until we actually get to see Jesus face to face that that early church got got to know. Right? Because they're with the guys who follow Jesus around. The, the scripture says that, you know, all of the books in the world couldn't contain all of the things that Jesus did and said. And so, the, uh, and, and in the New Testament, in the Gospels, we have, we have a record. Um, but it is a severely abridged version of what Jesus said and did, right? I mean, I think we, we get that. A lot of the, the conversations that are recorded in there are not all of the, the words that Jesus said. Um, 
they're not all of them. There's, there's, you, you see this in, even in the Gospels. We see instances where it just says, Jesus went in and healed everybody, right? Uh, we have those things, so we don't have all the details. But these, the early church got to sit and listen to all of those other stories, hear all of those other, the other parables that we, we will never get to hear this side of, of, of eternity. And it, it, it makes me a little frustrated, to be honest, because I just, I don't know, I just wish I had known them. But they devoted themselves to learning about the kingdom and about Jesus. They devoted themselves to the kingdom and Jesus. Because that's what the gospel is all about. That is what Jesus, that is the message that Jesus came to bring us. They devoted themselves to the teaching. They also devoted themselves to fellowship. That's that's another word we, other I don't, you don't really hear this word also much outside of church, right? <laughs> like, we've kind of, this word has pretty much become a, a churchy word, although I think the best understanding of when we're talking about fellowship is not actually a church thing, as it is um, a, a story that we're all familiar with, or most of us are familiar with. And it's the story by, by uh, Tolkien the, the Lord of the Rings, the, the, the subtitle they used for, for the, at least the, the first installment was The Fellowship of the Rings. In case you didn't know and you're not a nerd like me and didn't, didn't, didn't watch those movies or didn't get into, get into the, the, the Hobbit life. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, when we talk about fellowship, we, you know, the fellowship hall, it's where you go to eat the, eat the potluck, right? That's, that's kind of what we, we think of when we think of fellowship, but... But fellowship is, is much deeper than that. It, it, it includes that, but it's not just that. Fellowship is about being um, connected and committed, uh, committed to a group of people. That, and there's an element of going through something together, right? The, the, and the early church was devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to, we would call it, you know, a lot of churches, uh, you know, in we say do life together, right? That's, that's, that's a simplified version, but that's, that's really what fellowship is. It's being in each other's lives, not, not just on Sunday, not just, not just on, on, on Saturday um, when there's an event or, or serving on a team in a church. Those are all good and, and valuable things, but they're good and valuable because they offer an opportunity for us to fellowship, but they in themselves are not fellowship tracking with me you get you get that that we we can we can come to church we can come to events we can go to small groups and never really fellowship that's that's a little scary because fellowship devoting ourselves to fellowship is one of the key ingredients into the success of the early church and ultimately will be a a a an important element in, in where we go as a church. God created us for fellowship. He, he intends for his body, for his bride, to be in fellowship. This is deeper than just having good attendance. This is having people actually in your life. And you actually being in other people's lives. That means there's people, not everybody. You can't be, you can't be in deep fellowship with everybody. Not even everybody here, right? It, it, we just don't have that much capacity. But 
we are called and we do need to have fellowship with some people. We all need a tribe. You need a, you need a group of people that know your stuff. Warts and all. And that you know theirs. And that when there's a struggle in your life, we, you, we've created a habit that we go to that group of people so that they know and can support and keep you accountable. You know, the Bible talks a lot about um, confession. And much of the time, in the New Testament especially, um, talks about the need for confession and repentance it's usually in the context of talking about doing it with somebody else. But I don't know that that's really a part of at least the evangelical Protestant. I don't know what, I don't really like to label what we are, but you know, our kind of Western churches. We, we, don't, we don't really include a lot of that in intentionality of, hey, I, I regularly have in my life relationships that a significant part of that is actually talking about my sin. I don't answer, but in your own heart, <laughs> in your own mind, what, do you have a relationship like that? When was the last time you talked to somebody, confessed sin that was in your life? Sharing in meals. <laughs> Keep moving. Keep it moving, preacher. Yes, sir. Sharing in meals. It's, it's, they devoted themselves to this, and it's a part of, it's an element of, of fellowship. It's, it's communion. It includes communion, which, you know, we think of as coming together. It's a sacrament. It's remembering together what Jesus did for us. But it's also a meal. It's literally getting together, breaking bread, sharing, again, sharing life, sharing resources. That's another part of this. Because when they got together, you know, when they did meals at, at you know, the Lord's table, it wasn't, it wasn't just a nip and a sip, right? It wasn't an oyster cracker in the little Thumbelina thing. It was an actual meal. They, they, they got together and ate. And those that, that had resources provided the meal, and those that didn't came and shared in the meal. And we'll see that as we get a little further on in, in, in Scripture, but... That they, they shared resources so that fellowship could continue. That it wasn't a, a hindrance in any way to, to, to the fellowship of the people, regardless of, of their uh, ability to contribute in certain areas. So they were devoted to sharing meals. And then they were devoted to prayer. Devoted to it. It was, it was something that they used intensely. <laughs> It was something that they did individually, regularly, multiple times a day. And it's something that they did together, daily. At least at the start. Now, I, I am not, um, I'm not advocating that we try and replicate their exact lifestyle. I, I, I'm not saying that, hey... All of us, if we really want to be a good church, we all have to meet here three times a day to, to pray and, and fellowship. That's, that's, I get that, that, I mean, that would be awesome. But that is not, that, that's not realistic, right? We, we, people got jobs, we got kids, we got, um, well, just 
we live too far away, all we do would be just driving to church and back home, right? Um, that's not what I'm saying, but I am saying we, there is a lot of room, I think, uh, and I can't talk everywhere, I'm not talking about anywhere else, I'm talking about here with us, there is a lot of room for us to grow in our intentionality and, and, and our corporate and individual prayer lives. That it would become more of a regular thing. That we would come together to pray, to invite God's presence, to pray for each other, to pray for our city, to pray for our country, to pray for our friends, to pray for our community. Both individually as we're, we're at home and throughout our day, that we are connecting with God intentionally and together. That it wouldn't just be a Sunday thing. That we would, we would devote ourselves to it. That we would find, we would make room in our life for that. Over the next uh, number of months, we're going to be, as a church, really looking. Leadership's already talking and, and, and strategizing and um, praying about, about how, do we, how do we do this? How do we put legs on this? How do we, as a community, get serious about devoting ourselves to fellowship, devoting ourselves to prayer, devoting ourselves to community, devoting ourselves to discipleship. That's really what, what we're talking about here. This, this devotion that's described is really God's plan for discipleship. It's not just a book with some questions that you fill out. And we see, we see what this produces, the results. In verse 43, if we continue, it says, A deep sense of awe came over them all. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. So what are, what's the results? The results is a, a change in everybody's hearts and a power to display the power of Jesus to those around them. That was the, that was the results of this devotion. And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those that were being saved. Doesn't that sound like a good life? <laughs> when we devote ourselves to the life Jesus calls us to, we should expect these outcomes. Awe. Experiencing the power of God in our lives. Joy. Generosity. And if, and if we're not, our first question, our first look should be, Back to this model. Say, okay, these things I don't, I don't see, I, don't, I, I feel like there is a lack in these areas. And so if I see a lack, then maybe I need to go back and evaluate the process. Maybe I have uh, 
maybe my, the reason why there's, there's, there's a lack of joy in my life or a jacket, lack of generosity or a, a lack of God's power in my life, maybe it's not just I don't really love God. Maybe it's more than just, well, I, I, I have this one little sin thing I keep messing up on. Maybe we have a devotion issue. Maybe our whole life is not constructed in a way that's conducive to produce this life of awe and the power of God and joy and generosity. Just maybe. But this is the life that, that Jesus calls us to, and it's the life that we here at Christian Assembly want to have. And, and, and we see this. This is a, a snapshot of what we want to be. You know, the elders have been meeting, uh, well, we meet, regularly, um, but the last number of meetings we've been talking about this and, and really looking at this verse in particular and talking about, you know, we're moving into the, the new building and um, it's just a time of transition and we sense that God's kind of leading us in, um, in, in some new directions and, and wants to do some, some new, rebirth some things in us and um, we're just really waiting on him and, and asking for his direction and um, we've been working on... Um, we came up with a goal, and, and I'll just put it up, and, and you'll see. We, we want to be a family of Jesus followers who love God by devoting ourselves to his presence, his people, and his purpose. We want to be a family of Jesus followers who love God by devoting ourselves to his presence, his people, and his purpose. And a lot of those words were chosen very after much discussion <laughs> um, and, and intentionality. We are a family. We're, 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 not, we're not just an organization. We're not, we're not just a, 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 a group. We're not just, um, a, we're not a business, right? We're, we're, we're not a, we're not a, 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 a we are the army of God, because the Bible says they are, but we are not just an army, right? And, and family has different sorts of rules. Family has, has rules about and, and uh, operates differently than a business, right? You can't, if, if your employee is not holding up his end of, of, of his work agreement, you fire him. You cannot fire your sister, right? <laughs> there's, a, there's a higher level of, of, of commitment there that you have to you have to work through so we're, we're a family and, and and this is straight out of the verse we read we want to devote ourselves we want we want to take the effort make the priority and be intentional about loving god and we're going to do it in a way that that is focused on the things that 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 as far as we can tell, the Lord that Jesus told us to focus on. Sometimes it's, it, it, it happens in, in churches that we, we, we can skip this step and we shift our focus from what, what the Lord wants us to be focused on to the outcomes that we know that God wants. And that's dangerous because we're not actually, because as soon as you make that shift, I'm now putting myself in the position of being responsible for the outcome. And the problem is, I don't have, you don't have, we don't have that capacity. I can't change anybody's heart. I can't change a city. I can't 
any of those things, the things that we know we want to see happen, ultimately, those, those end results are on God. They're on the Holy Spirit to accomplish. Our job is to devote ourselves and do the things and be faithful with the things that he tells us to do, and then he empowers it and works through us, and then he does what he can do. And so we have to focus on the things that he's calling us to devote ourselves to. And in this, in this little statement, we've just kind of broken it down into three areas because it's just trying to give us something that's helpful for us to, to, to kind of like evaluate ourselves. First one is, you know, and we put it first, on purpose, devoting ourselves to his presence. That's not just... Um, Sunday service. That's the presence of God. We are literally, our goal is to devote ourselves to be in the presence of God, intentionally to invite him into our, our lives, both private and public. That means we want to be a, a, a church that is a group, a community, a family that is devoted to helping each other have a super powerful private presence-driven life. That every one of us has a, has a life in God and with God at home, by yourself. That, that we would all encourage each other and, and together we would learn how to experience the Holy Spirit and be guided by Him and transformed by Him, even if you couldn't make it to church on Sunday. In our own prayer closets, in our own in our own living rooms, that it would be it would be just as normative to have have God show up in, in your bed at night or in your shower in the morning as it is on a Sunday morning or at a conference or or a prayer meeting. And we want to be devoted to his presence when we come together. Meaning that's really the goal. I love y'all. I do. I don't come here for you guys. <laughs> and I'm sure, it's, I'm sure you would say the same thing. Because you can't really change my life. I can't really change your life. There is one that changes all of our lives. And we have to make sure that we, you know, uh, Lee Iacocca used to say, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. His presence is the main thing. And if we get that, then anything is possible. But if we, if we skip that if, that, if we shift our focus, if that doesn't become our priority, if that, if that becomes a negotiable or something that we create a formula to get to instead of waiting on him, then everything else gets compromised. We want to devote ourselves to his presence. And then we also want to devote ourselves to his people. His people. You know, the, the, the church is, is built to be on mission. It's built to go, you know, Matthew 28, go and make disciples. That is, that is the mission God called us to. But the way we do that is actually by being devoted to ourselves. And we, I feel like we, we, we miss this or almost feel guilty about this, this desire. I think that we, that we have, that we, we want to be together, that we, we have this, this, this kind of desire to love each other. And it's like, no, I need to deny that so I can go, I can go you know, impact other people. The problem is 
That's actually backwards of how Jesus told us this thing is going to work. John 13 says, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Love each other as I have loved you. You know, that's, you know, they, always, they say you can reduce all of the New Testament down to the, what, the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, right? This is the, the Great Commandment. But we don't know, a lot of times we don't pay, we don't focus on the fact that in the context, if you read the next verse down, the one another is actually being directed at the body. It's our love for each other that will prove to the world that we're disciples. We want, you want to make an impact? Let's create a community that loves each other in a way that nobody else has. Create a, create a place where we are so safe that we can be open with each other about our flaws, about our, our mistakes. We carry each other's burdens well. We forgive each other. We share well. And then when, when the world sees us, when we have opportunity to, to, to be a part of, of, of people outside of our community, there's something different that really makes a difference. Because let's be honest, there's really not a lot of other stuff that we have um, to offer. I mean, worship was amazing this morning. But the amazing part of it was the presence of God. Like, like this mic right here, if you go to like a, a, a concert, the cost of one mic at one of those places is probably uh, what we spent on all this stuff. Right? We... <laughs> We can't, we can't compete with the, the, the fringe and the flash. And we don't need to. Because we have the thing that the fringe and the flash is trying to make up for. If we'll focus on it. If we'll, if we'll trust that the love that God has for us, shared and displayed amongst ourselves, is really enough to draw others to him. We want to be people devoted to his people. John 17 says, uh, verse 21, I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one and you are in me. Father, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That, I mean, I would encourage you to reread that a couple times this, this week. There are some like real like whoa statements in there that Jesus is praying about us. He says, he has given them the glory that you gave me so they may be one as we are one. 
Jesus is praying and saying that, that the design is that we be close to each other the, in the same way to the degree that God is close to the Son. That's crazy. The amount of obedience and submission and vulnerability and honesty that that requires. But that's the life we're called to. If we're going to devote ourselves to his people, that becomes the goal. That becomes the goal. Not, not just a great fix-it place where you come and you show up and, hey, we've got this program that's going to fix this problem and you go over here. To, you know, we're, we're, not a, we're not a tire shop. You know, you just pick your line of brakes, tires, mufflers, whatever. You pull in the right, you know, you pull in the right bay and uh, the people come out and run around, do whatever, and now out you go the other side ready to, ready to hop on the highway. That's, that's not what we are. to his people. And the last, the last thing is we want to be devoted to his purpose. What does that look like? Well, this is what, is what is God's purpose. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus came to kill death. Jesus came to reclaim his kingdom. And our purpose is to join Jesus in accomplishing his purpose. And so we do that as we, as we do these other things. When we devote ourselves to his presence and we devote ourselves to his people, then the natural outcome is we become a part of his purpose. But you got to get him in the right order. But I believe that this, this is something that we, that God has some things in store for us as a community. That, that he has a purpose for us. He has outcomes. He has some new things that he wants us to step into and some, some new fruit that he wants to bear out of us. But to be honest right now, I don't, we're not called to focus on this part. I think God is calling us to focus on the first, the first two <laughs> right now. His presence and his people. If we get those right, then this part becomes to express itself just in our obedience to God. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be a 10-year plan with a, with, a, with a four-year program attached to each step and, you know, 13 steps and we got all the things and the things. There's nothing wrong with that. God is a God of order. He gives lots of details at times, but it only, com it only works when it comes from him, right? My temptation... Really, I think most most leaders I talk to, uh, especially in church that that are honest, or, you know, are pretty honest about the fact. Our, the biggest temptation we have as a church is meaning, you know, well being, well meaning. We try, we come up with our own plans. We don't wait. We don't wait and just do the simple things. Do the things that 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 the Lord is telling us to do and wait. And so that's, that's what we're, we're focusing on. Now out of all this, so this community is created and, and all this great stuff is happening and miracles are happening and, and they're living in this joy and it's all, it, it's all honky-dory for a bit. <laughs> um, 
And I don't really know exactly how long it was between the verse we just read and, uh, and this next part, but, but there was a season where it was, that's what it was. But how many know that, that, that you know, there's an enemy out there and there's a world out there, neither of which are really interested in this? And so when this starts happening, other things start happening. And we see right out of this, the next story, uh, Peter's at the, you know, he's going to the temple to be a part of their community, and he sees a, a blind beggar, and the guy asks him for money, and famous line, you know, Peter says, I don't have any money for you, but what I have I will give you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And the guy stands up. And this guy had been laying, like, at this gate begging in front of the temple for, like, ever. And so everybody in the city, everybody in the temple, it's this giant kerfuffle. It's one of my favorite words, kerfuffle. <laughs> and it, it causes this commotion. And, and, um, and so, G, uh, so Peter, you know, he, all these people start coming around. And, and so Peter goes, well, shoot, since there's a crowd, hey, guys, let me tell you how this happened. And he stands up and he gives the gospel. And people begin to respond, and, and uh, the, the temple, the priests and the, the Pharisees are there, and they, 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 they hear him preaching, and, and, and that was not cool with them. Um, and so they, they actually have him arrested, and they, they take him, and they talk to him, and there's this exchange, and um, they basically wanted to, they wanted to keep him, they wanted to kill him, but they realized that if they would, if they had, like, the guy had just performed a miracle everybody saw it and they 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 didn't want to get stoned by the crowd so they so they let him go and they they threaten him right they 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 say okay we're gonna we're gonna let you go but don't you talk about jesus anymore peter's response was uh no 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 we're not gonna do that i i there's the god of the universe came down in a man and told me to tell these people about him. And you want me to obey you over that? It's not going to happen. And if we can pick the text up in, in, in Acts chapter 4, verse 23, says, As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. And this prayer, I think, is, is where we're going to land today because I, I think it encapsulates beautifully the mindset, the shift in our mindset, the goal of the shift in our mindset that, that being devoted has. What a true disciple when they experience um, opposition, either personally or in, in sharing the gospel. And, it's, and I'm just being honest, it's so different than my reaction <laughs> when I experience these things, at least my first reaction. But, but let's re re read this prayer. It says, when they, when they heard their report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. said, O sovereign Lord, creator of the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. You spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, Why are the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? 
The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Messiah. In fact, this has happened here in this very city. For Herod Antipas, Antipas, Pontius Pilate, the governor of the Gentiles, and the people of Israel were all united against Jesus, your holy servant whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. They start by just recognizing the, the fight that, they, that they're in, that they've been a part of, that God has been in sovereign control of this whole narrative the entire time. They're acknowledging that he is the one that, that sets outcomes. He is the one that determines paths. <clears throat> but then listen, listen to their request, their, their petition. It starts in verse 29. It says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. <coughs> That's not the prayer I would have prayed. I'm just being honest. The prayer I would have prayed is help. Make the bad man stop. I'm doing the right thing. You're big and strong. You know, I'd have gone, you know, it's funny, he references David. I'd have, I'd have gone David. I'd have gone Psalms. You know, those Psalms, the, the, the gruesome ones where David's like, kick in their teeth and smash them on the head. That's my reaction. But that's not what they ask for. That's not what they ask for. They ask for boldness. They ask for the power to complete the purpose. And look at God's response. It's in verse 31. He says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Spirit. And then they preached the word with boldness. And that's, that's, that's the kind of devotion I want. That I'm so focused, I'm so in love with Jesus, that the, that the trials and the temptations, not that I'm ignorant of them, not that we, we have some magic past where they don't hurt or they don't bother us, but that together we're so devoted to Jesus, his people, his presence, his mission, his purpose, that nothing can distract us from that. That any, any, any focus we have, any of the, because the, I, think, I think the people in uh, the, the early church, they, they see this, this persecution coming and they recognize that there is, there is, um, there is a reward, Jesus talks about it, a reward for, su for suffering persecution in his name, right? And so they're kind of, in this prayer, they're kind of going, going to the, the, the bank of heaven and going, God, we, we're experiencing this thing. Uh, I, I, want, I would like to make a, an exchange. I want to I take a withdrawal. But instead of being selfish with it, they, they take it and they say, and I, I, I want to I give what, what I've, I've endured for this, the credit that I've built up. I want to push it out to this community. I want to I complete your mission. 
because that's really the, the only thing I care about. More than my own happiness. More than my own success. More than my own reputation. I care about my relationship with you, my relationship with my brothers and sisters, and your purpose in this world. This is, this is the life that, that God is calling us to. So I, I, I don't know really, there's no neat way to end this because this isn't something can ever end. I guess this is more of a FYI. This is where we're heading. This is what we're going to be doing. This is, this is where we tend to, we are going to be spending the next six to ten decades. And I encourage you to, to join, become part of, help us figure this out. Because I, I, like, we don't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. Ask anybody in leadership. I don't have some big master plan. I don't. Other than, well, you're, you're caught up. This is, what I, this is what I have so far. It's kind of like my, the first message I ever preached here, that was the title. This is what I have so far. And it was like seven things that I felt like I, I'd learned in life. Just, um, apparently, this is the update. This is... Now this is what I've got. But if we will do this, if we will follow this template, I think God's got some amazing things in store for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for your presence again. I thank you for your people. I pray that this would not, uh, what we've talked about today, that this would be, um, we would look back five, ten years from now and, and remember this season of, of beginnings fondly, that, that you have some amazing plans for us. Um, God, would you even now begin to work in our, our hearts, show us, give us dreams and visions of what it looks like to devote ourselves to your presence, to your people, God, to your purpose. Would you stir up our affections for each other? Would you give us patience for each other and, and for the process? We thank you for, for choosing to, to, to bring us together. Thank you for giving us this, this great vision of, of life and community with you and with each other so that we can, we can be one. pray all this in your mighty name. Amen. 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 Guys, have a great week. <laughs>